Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Hello and welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Ken. And today we're going to be talking about some MCU movies. We're going to be talking about Iron Man 3, Thor the Dark World, and Captain America the Winter Soldier. Some some interesting movies to talk about today. But first I actually wanted to talk about some movie news. Actually, it's actually related to the MCU. Uh, Doctor Strange and Electro played by Jamie Foxx, I have to, might, I have to add, is, is going to be in the next Spider-Man movie. So that's pretty crazy, especially that Electro, Jamie Foxx, from the Amazing Spider-Man 2, the oh-so-wonderful Amazing Spider-Man 2, Amazing Spider-Man 2, is going to be in Spider-Man Far From Home 2, whatever it's going to be called. Uh, so Ken, do you have any thoughts on this news? I'm actually pretty pumped about it. I mean, just the fact that they're, um, you know, with, I mean, you mentioned Dr. Strange, he's already confirmed to be in the next Spider-Man MCU movie. I mean, the next Dr. Strange uh, movie is going to be directed by Sam Raimi, who directed the Tobey Maguire um, Spider-Man films. And so, I mean, this is, I guess, one step closer to pretty much confirming possible like live action MCU Spider-Verse maybe? I know, seriously. I hope they do it. I want to see Toby Maguire come back. I want to see Andrew Garfield come back. And just actually, have you seen the Into the Spider-Verse movie? I have. Uh, I actually think it's one of the best Spider-Man films uh, basically since the San Raimi films. I, I feel like it's up there. I want to say it's top five for sure potentially top three arguably top three it it is a really good movie i really enjoyed that movie and just the fact that because when they said dr strange i'm like oh shoot and then his next movie is called the multiverse of madness right and i'm like oh shoot here we go it's like something might happen and then electro is in it too that's an interesting one because out of all the villains that they could pick, I was like, go for like Doc Ock, Spider-Man 2 from Tobey Maguire. I know he died, but so did um, Electro. So I don't know. Out of all the villains that they had to pick, that's an interesting one. Is Electro, uh, and pardon my casual comic book fandom, but is Electro part of the Sinister Six? Uh, I believe he is, yeah. Do you, you know that meme, Me and the Boys? I have not seen that. Oh, yeah. So there's Electro is usually that guy in the the green tights, yellow electric bolts on his face. Yeah. So I'm so it, it, Jamie Foxx definitely didn't look like that. He, he was more blue and uh, somehow electricity fixed the gap in his teeth. It's a whole different story. <laughs> uh, we don't need to get into that again, um, but maybe we have to because he's gonna he's gonna appear in the next Spider Man movie, and that's crazy to me. That hope, but I hope they have to bring 
those Spider-Men back. Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire. I want to see them come back. Yeah, same. That would be pretty cool to see all three of them on the same screen. Oh, all at once. Whew. But one thing I'm worried about with Doctor Strange is I, now that Tony's gone, and I guess like Nick Fury's doing his own thing, probably Happy's doing his own thing. Like, I hope he doesn't become a new mentor to to Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. Because I feel like Spider-Man should, by this by his third movie, should be able to like kind of stand on his own a bit. And it, of course he'll falter because that's just in the nature of Spider-Man. But for him to like kind of pick himself back up, I think is uh, a necessary story in this version of Spider-Man because they focus so much on Tony Stark being his mentor. So if, if they just interject Doctor Strange into that role, I would be kind of disappointed. Yeah, I agree. Um, I could definitely see that just because, I mean, I mean, Tony obviously was uh, the mentor. I mean, and I felt like he was the mentor. But even in Far From Home, I felt like even though it was uh, fake Nick Fury, it was scroll Nick Fury, uh, spoiler alert, um, I felt like he was kind of there as uh, that film's mentor figure for Spider-Man and Far, Far From Home. And so what I'm kind of just hoping is that, because I think the second Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, is coming out right before Spider-Man unnamed film, right? Ooh, uh, I haven't seen the schedule but you're you you might be right i want to say it comes out like a month or two before anyway all this to say i'm really just hoping that the role that dr strange plays in the next spider-man film is more of just kind of like a tour guide because you know he's going to be featured in you know kind of uh kind of universe or multiverse hopping or whatever hopefully he's just there just to kind of guide spider-man and just basically show them like kind of the ropes on how all of this stuff works and nothing more and then they just have like their playful banter that they establish in infinity war i think the perfect description of that would be what dr strange did in thor ragnarok remember when he was like uh showing him around there i, I thought that was the per I, I want that for him maybe yeah. it could be slightly you know extended role but something somewhere somewhere along those lines, would yeah, be nice. Uh, yeah, I, I, I could definitely see um, him excelling in that. Uh, you know, obviously expand the role a little bit more, just because. I mean, dude, we're going through actual uh, multiverse, and so yeah, I think I would definitely enjoy that type of film, especially if they do introduce the sinister, uh, sinister six. Hopefully, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, all signs are pointing to that, and who knows? Uh, they're probably going to gather the sinister, sinister six from like various parts of the multiverse. I, I'm super excited to see what they do with with Spider Man going forward. Oh, definitely, definitely. I think he's definitely going to be, especially with um, you know Chris Evans kind of retiring as Captain America, and obviously Tony Stark. Dying in Endgame, I feel like he's basically the headliner, even though he's a shared property with Sony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that it's going to be interesting for sure, and see how they deal with the loss of Captain America and Iron Man for sure. So the next thing that we have is our weekly real podcast ritual, uh, where we talk about one notable movie or TV show that we watched in the last seven days. Uh, just 
kind of mix things up and uh, share some either you know movies or TV shows that uh, we want to share with either you, the listeners, or with each other. So, Ken, uh, what did you watch in the last week? Well, just before I get into uh, my one movie that I wanted to share, I wanted to, I guess, piggyback off of what we were talking about last week. I did finally take on your suggestion. I actually did subscribe to Strictly Dumpling, and I was able to uh, watch a couple of episodes. And man, you are... <laughs> you're right man i was just hungry and it just it actually like the like the episode that i saw this past sunday he was in new york eating and i was like oh man i want to go back to new york and i want to just go on a on a foodie tour and just eat nonstop for i don't know like a week (laughs) in new york i know seriously that guy's crazy some of my favorite videos of his besides the whole 7-eleven stuff is where he's just at home eating stuff, like obviously a, a lot of stuff, and actually telling scary stories. That's actually one of the ones I really like. Yeah, I could definitely see. I haven't seen that yet, those episodes, but I could definitely see that just, just in the way he has his method of storytelling uh, in the uh, in the episodes that I've seen. Uh, in the first episode that I did watch of him, they featured Filipino food in New York. I was like, oh, dude, all right. So I guess he likes, uh, he likes seasick. Mm, I can see that for sure. <laughs> That's yeah. an easy one to go through. I know, exactly. Well, anyway, kind of jumping back to the podcast ritual, um, you know, with Jim Carrey kind of back in the spotlight because, you know, he was playing Joe Biden in the SNL sketch of the presidential debate with Alec Baldwin's uh, Donald Trump. I just thought it would be fun to revisit a movie that was on Netf- that's on Netflix currently. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, um, and it is starring Jim Carrey and Courtney Cox. Um, I just felt like 26 years later, um, this was before your time, 94, when it came out. I The one-liners are still funny to me, and uh, it it's I still remembered a lot of the film, even though I hadn't seen it in a long time. And actually, just re-watching this movie... This movie is single-handedly responsible for me checking out Friends when it debuted in 1994 in the fall because I was a huge fan uh, and I had a huge crush on Courtney Cox uh, from that movie. And I was like, oh, there's this TV show on NBC that Courtney Cox is in. I was like, oh, she's that girl from (laughs) East Ventura Pet Detective. And then 10 years later, I watched all the episodes like multiple times. I know all the memes. I know all the the friends references and everything. So uh, you could blame Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura for that. <laughs> Dang, that's pretty crazy, man. Because I know Ace Ventura, 1994, Jim Carrey. That's like prime movie Jim Carrey right there. Yeah, man. It, it's hilarious. Um, and I actually saw a random cameo in that movie. I'm a huge fan of Breaking Bad and uh, Better Call Saul. But I guess his landlord... Uh, I forget his actual name. Uh, forgive me for that. But he, um, his landlord was played by uh, the guy who plays uh, Hector Salamanca from uh, the Breaking Bad universe. And so he was the one that goes, Ventura. And then Jim Carrey has his one-liner, yes, Satan? <laughs> and I'm just cracking up. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's Hector Salamanca. I know that guy. Um, so... Uh, he was the guy that, because uh, I know you've watched some Breaking Bad, 
he was the guy that uh the old guy that was in the wheelchair with the bell Ding. Ding. oh yeah man it's been a while but yeah i remember now yeah that bell man when it <laughs> when he rang that bell yeah uh, when he was in the house i think that that was very on the edge of your seat moment for sure yeah yeah uh, and, and so yeah he's he's a it, it's it's funny because he's younger because it takes place what about 20 years or give or take but he still looks really old <laughs> still looks the same it's like he's it's aged funny. well in a way that he didn't change yeah exactly exactly he he started old and he really hasn't changed but he's looked old for like 26 years or whatever it's been it's pretty funny uh what was the one movie or uh tv show you wanted to share uh this week well this week i actually finally checked out the show uh supernatural on netflix whoa i mean so like it's a old show man it's like two i think it started 2003 it gives me Smallville vibes for sure. <laughs> Cause mm-hmm. it's during that time period. I'm currently on the first season. Uh, they have like all 14, 15 seasons on, on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And they're, I think they're currently finishing up their last season. Uh, they haven't finished yet because of the pandemic, but just starting with like season one, I'm like, dang, this is crazy. Uh, like just, how old it is but it's still i'm I'm enjoying it so far yeah well because the the former coach in season four i want to say of smallville he's like one of the main guys right yeah um what's his name jensen ackles plays um he played teague what's his name was jason teague jason teague jason teague yeah Yeah. played the coach not lana lang's coach he played Lana Lang's boyfriend slash. That was a really creepy relationship, by the way. That was because, <laughs> man, she was supposed to be less than a senior. And so that would make her underage. Yeah, I think but if that was like season three, season four, they oh, must no. have been seniors. But still, 17, 18, that's kind of on the yeah, <laughs> he's like the assistant like varsity football. coach or yeah. whatever like yeah, football that. coach yeah 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 that was a little bit creepy but yeah different very different character in in supernatural but yeah i think he got oh he got killed off of smallville uh to do supernatural mm, that does make sense because it was it's on the same channel right they were both on the wb or cw or whatever yeah became. yeah when they transitioned from wb to cw but yeah, I don't know if I'm going to go through all 15 seasons. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> but I'm enjoying it so far. It's so funny that you say that and you bring up Smallville. That was the show that I was almost going to restart. I almost restarted it this week. And I almost, obviously, I didn't go see it. That's why I couldn't share it. But ooh, I almost did. Yeah, let me know, man, because you are you were almost finished. You were like on season nine. So yeah. Halfway through season nine, I only had like one and a half seasons left. So um, I, I'm still debating on whether or not I should just jump in to maybe st- restart season nine from the beginning because I definitely don't want to watch season eight again. <laughs> season eight, um, low point. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Seven and eight were not good, especially eight. Uh, but I, yeah, I'm thinking either st- restarting um, like in the beginning of season nine 
or just literally just starting from the beginning and just doing that whole rewatch again. But we'll see. I know there's so many episodes. Yeah, for sure, man. But let me know if that ever comes to fruition. I will definitely let you know and the podcast um, audience as well. Yeah, well, last week we actually talked about the movie Dread. Dread 2012, not Dread with Stallone. So we talked about the good Dread, and we actually ran a poll on our social medias, uh, our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook, and we asked um, basically who would win in a battle, Dread, John Wick, Jason Bourne, or RoboCop? So Ken, what were the results? Well, the winner of that poll, and I'm kind of not surprised just because um, the winner is actually super popular and he's got a cult following. John Wick won that uh, that poll, uh, got 50% of the vote. Uh, a little disappointed that Dread um, only pulled in 17% of the vote, but I think I just mainly attribute that to maybe... Like a lot of people still haven't seen Dread or really familiar with Dread. Yeah, it's like a popularity contest. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, at least, you know, you know, the way we voted, um, you and obviously us too, because we've seen all three John Wick films and we've seen this latest Dread, especially. Um, I feel like we're informed voters. And that's, I guess, the important thing. Well, yeah, that, I'm not surprised, but. Guys, if you want to check out our episode-related polls on our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, they do happen every Tuesday, so go follow us at Weekly Real on any of those social media platforms. Today, we're going to be talking about three MCU movies. We're going to be talking about Iron Man 3, Thor The Dark World, and Captain America Winter Soldier. These are some interesting movies because I feel like we've got one of the best, and maybe even one of the worst. So <laughs> so I wanted to talk about these. They're very interesting to talk about. I have fun with all these MCU movies. Such a big fan of them. Uh, so Ken, what are your thoughts on... I guess we'll start with Iron Man 3. Because it's the first chronologically. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I don't know if you remember, but in the last MCU episode that we had, uh, I believe... The Avengers, the first Avengers, the 2012 version, was the f- really the first movie that I saw in the theaters opening weekend. And so that one was the movie that kicked off my MCU fandom in, in that I needed to watch all of the movies, um, at, you know, like in the theater. And uh, hopefully, you know, I try to watch it uh, opening weekend as much as I could. And so I did see all of these three films in the theaters. And since you asked about Iron Man 3... I did see that opening weekend. That was pretty fun. Um, And kind of going into the movie, I was just really hoping that it would be better than Iron Man 2. And I'm glad that I was correct. Uh, How about you? Yeah, for me, I was super excited for this movie. I probably watched the trailer too many times because I, too, was excited for it to be better than Iron Man 2. Um. I think like I told like I said in the last MCU podcast, the only movie that I didn't see in theaters was the first Thor. Mm. So I've seen all of these, even Thor Dark World. I saw it in, in theaters. Uh, but Iron Man 3, when I saw it or when I saw the trailer, I was super excited. 
when I watched it, there's some things I didn't like, but there's some things I did really like too. Mm, I could definitely see that. Um, just kind of, especially, uh, especially after this rewatch. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. Thor Dark World is a movie that I had mixed emotions actually coming out of the movie theater. And after doing a rewatch, I have a little bit of mixed emotions after rewatching it. Uh, so what, what are some of your thoughts on Thor Dark World real quick? Well, you know what? Thor Dark World. I actually saw that opening weekend as well. Uh, there wasn't really too much going on. Uh, I think it was in November when it got released of 13. Um, I actually went in feeling meh because, you know, I wasn't really like too high on the Thor franchise kind of coming off the, the first one. Uh, but I also felt meh leaving the theater. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I guess it lived up to my expectations. I wasn't really like I had no expectations, but, you know, I was kind of hoping that it would, you know, kind of surprise me a little bit. But uh, really, and we'll get into like specifics. I was just like, uh, not really disappointed, but I guess my expectations were met. No expectations, zero, like, uh, I guess, uh, I didn't, I just felt meh. I can't describe it any better than that. Um, so, yeah. Going into Dark World, I wasn't a bit, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Thor. Um, like from the first movie, I think we talked about it uh, in our last episode. Go check that out if you haven't listened to it yet. Um, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Thor's character. I actually preferred Loki. And in this movie, or and then also in The Avengers 2012, he wasn't like my favorite Avenger or anything. So going into Thor Dark World, it was like, okay, I'll watch it because I know this this stuff is all connected. And coming out of the movie, he still wasn't my favorite <laughs> Avenger. So, yeah, I think that kind of sums up that movie a little bit. I, I will say this about Thor, the actual character in Dark World. I felt like he was starting to get get the character a little bit more. He was more likable in Dark World uh, versus the previous two movies. He wasn't too rigid or or basically like an asshole in the first one. Um, and I felt like he was starting to get comfortable with the character and you could see he was uh, he was like learning it for, you know, future films, especially with Ragnarok and uh, some of these uh, later adventure films. Yeah, I, I agree with that, though. Yeah, I did like his character better in Dark World than his first solo film. I think you can see some of the humor uh, of Chris Hemsworth kind of seep through a little bit, like when he uh, puts the hammer on the coat rack <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or when uh, I think on the subway, um, like the lady bumps into him and then he has yeah. the, you know, that little smile when she's like, get, gets a little flustered by him. I'm like, that's totally like uh, uh, those two jokes are very much like what they would do now. Yep. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So, I mean, you just may basically mentioned a couple of highlights, but we got to save those for later. Uh, oh, for really? Later. <laughs> highlights? Whoa, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like half a second stuff. <laughs> got to save those. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I guess we'll talk going to Captain America Winter Soldier. Did you have any? Because this came out in 2014. The, mm. the other two came out in 2013. How did you, you feel about this movie going into it? 
Okay, well, I actually missed out on watching this opening weekend because I was actually still traveling. I was still on uh, my Namibia, uh, Africa, uh, what do you call it, mission trip. And so when I got back, I was like, one of my buddies was like, hey, we got to go see um, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And I think at the time, I, I didn't really remember uh, the first Avenger too much. Um, and so I didn't really come in you know, with high expectations, didn't really keep up with the uh, trailers. So I guess my buddy was way more pumped about it than I was because he had already seen it the opening weekend. Uh, but he was like, oh, dude, I'll go with you. I need, I want to go see it again. I'm like, all right, well, I guess if it's that good. So um, went in, no expectations, but I was like completely blown away uh, because I had Jason Bourne vibes, especially from the first three films, um, the way like it was shot the the way the action kind of happened i just got those vibes but i do have one confession that i wanted to admit to you jeremy and to our our podcast audience uh oh even though the winter soldier is definitely up there in terms of one of my favorite mcu movies and we'll see later with the ranking um little teaser uh there i have a confession that i was actually dozing off near the end <laughs> no way <laughs> why it was actually a pretty late showing and i was still really jet lagged so i was trying to fight it so hard but i was i was falling asleep that's why i have to rewatch it again the following week <laughs> <laughs> nice i i get it man sometimes as as good as the movie is sometimes you just gotta sleep yeah, I was so tired, and uh, I'm just glad that I wasn't driving because we actually watched it um, 40 minutes south of where we live. You know, the AMC Mercado. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went there to eat, but I just happened to. Uh, <laughs> I just it was already a long trip, and it was late already on a Saturday night. Yeah, well, Captain America: Winter Soldier for me is definitely one of the highlights of the MCU as a whole. Uh, I'll definitely get into that more specifically, and. I guess, you know, like I kind of mentioned last week, because last week I actually ranked Captain America, the first Avenger above the Avengers. So obviously I was excited for this movie. I watched like again, Iron Man, Captain America, definitely like the best superheroes, especially at that point in time, in my opinion, uh, for the MCU to be (laughs) to be more specific. And just watching the trailers again like crazy and when i went into this movie it did it exceeded my expectations because i was i liked the first avenger but i definitely saw its flaws as well but this movie it it took captain america to another level i completely agree uh so for our first topic i want to talk about the best moments of each film uh, and let, I guess let's start with Iron Man 3, some of the best moments from that. So wh- what are some of your best moments of Iron Man 3? Oh, well, you know what? Uh, the first and I guess most obvious one for me, in my opinion, was uh, the attack on Tony Stark's Malibu home. Uh, I just love the way it was filmed. Uh, the lighting was so crazy good. The the different different angles, like the perspectives of like the helicopters. Um, I, I just love the camera angles. Uh, but that one part of that whole thing that w- made me go, oh, was remember when um, I guess the house was kind of falling off the, the cliff a little bit 
And so uh, Tony and his Mark 42, he didn't have like weapons really. So I love the fact that that grand piano was like sliding down and he basically used the repulsor blast to like basically mess up or I guess crash land or destroy one of the helicopters. I was just like, oh, dude, that was definitely one of my favorite shots. Yeah, using the the piano. Shoot, dude, that was that was very creative. And I love I'm all for creativity. Also, the use of slow motion, I feel like can be overdone in a lot of films, but I felt the way it was used in this scene with, um, you know, like Tony trying to get the uh, the Iron Man armor on to- uh, on Pepper, I should say, uh, to protect her. I thought it was pretty cool because, you know, we obviously got to see Pepper in the rescue armor in Endgame. So I felt like that that was a pretty co- cool callback. And I mean, just the scene was just so intense. So that was definitely, uh, I guess, my favorite moment overall. The other moment that I wanted to, I guess, share, surprisingly for me, I did like the mentor stuff. I remember you mentioned kind of like the whole mentor stuff early on with Spider-Man and uh, Doctor Strange, potentially. Well, that's the rumor. I really liked how uh, the the Tony and and Harley, I like their whole dynamic because, you know, usually kid actors are really hit or miss. Uh, and mostly miss usually, <laughs> but I felt like Harley Keener was actually, um, I didn't hate him. And I like how Tony kind of communicates with younger actors in that, in that regard. And so I felt like that whole relationship basically was a precursor and it paved the way for the whole Tony and Peter Parker mentorship. So those were the two that I wanted to highlight. If we had a best quote section right now, I would definitely mention it's like, how do you know? uh, It's like, how do I know that you're cold? Because we're connected. connected. (laughs) It just drives off. (laughs) That was so good. That was a good one. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed their relationship. It wasn't annoying at the most, like, at its best, it's super funny. (laughs) I agree. I agree. Uh, Tony had some really good one liners uh, with, uh, with Harley. Uh, how about your uh, best moments for Iron Man 3? Um, my first best moment would be the airplane sequence with the hostages just falling all out of the sky. I think I thought that was a crazy action sequence because I feel like they did it practically or, you know, you know, as much as they could. They can't actually have a guy in an Iron Man suit falling <laughs> out of the sky. I'm pretty sure that guy would be dead. Uh, but they actually had, you know, people... Uh, doing the the skydiving sequence and then interjected into all like the VFX because it looks it looks really good um mm-hmm. all this whole sequence and just the rush of emotions like that that all this tension of what was it like 16 people falling yeah there was a lot I, I don't remember how many but yeah it was barrel of monkeys <laughs> yeah and that was crazy just the fact that you know he can only hold like what three people or something like that. Yeah. Three or four, I forgot. And for him to save that many people and in that sequence was was crazy. And I know Savin, he like he blew up the 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 Air Force One, right? Mm-hmm. With uh, the I was about to say war machine suit, the Iron Patriot suit, <laughs> yeah. and started that sequence. I thought that was a really good moment. Uh my second favorite though would be actually the Home Depot. Uh, weapons 
montage mm, and then yeah. the raid the mini raid that he had with the, with those weapons i find it so satisfying when people like build like makeshift weapons he i guess he home alone it even though i haven't seen home alone yet yet <laughs> <laughs> so yeah definitely one of my highlights of the iron man 3 yeah, I, I almost actually mentioned the Home Depot um, section because, I mean, we've talked about it, especially in the first MCU uh, episode where we, you know, we got the montages, uh, both in Iron Man uh, and Iron Man 2. And I, the only reason why I didn't bring it up is because I felt like I was montage heavy. <laughs> and I'm glad you you mentioned it because I thought it was pretty cool that he just made. Yeah, he used what ornaments he used like staple uh, like nail guns or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he yeah, he used like a taser at one point, I think. Um, yeah, he had so, like a taser glove type thing. Yeah, he, he got really creative with uh with his weapons and everything and you know obviously he needed to kind of sneak in and infiltrate the the mandarin mansion or whatever and i just thought it was pretty cool i'm glad you highlighted it yeah because you you highlighted my um helicopter not helicopter yeah the helicopter attack on on tony's house so we're all good there (laughs) all right cool cool uh so now this this one's gonna be easy so the best moments in thor the dark world you have like you, you, you know, right? So you, I'll go first since there's so many of them. I know it's hard <laughs> to narrow it down, right? <laughs> um, I actually thought the visuals. Okay, let's just go into it. But the visuals of the hopping the the realms in the final battle, I thought was, I have to admit, it was was cool though. It, it definitely was. I agree. It looked cool. Uh, did I feel any emotion? Like any suspense? Not really, <laughs> but it was cool. I, it looked cool, uh, but I was like, uh, yeah, dark elves. No, not really. <laughs> and it's funny because they mentioned dark elves in Endgame. Oh, yeah. That. When he was talking, when he's giving the recap of <laughs> <laughs> basically the recap of Thor Dark World. I actually got to rewatch that because I was like, oh, that was a good summary. Yeah, who would have we had to Face the dark elves. Ooh, Ooh. scary. <laughs> Freaking Thor, man. It's like he he knew that Thor Dark World wasn't the greatest movie. Um, My second best moment. Actually, I forgot about this. When Heimdall, when he takes down that one ship by himself, oh, uh, one yeah. of the dark elves ship at Asgard, he just jumps on that thing, rips it to shreds. But then, obviously, there's a whole other army behind it. But I thought that was a cool moment. That was, you know what? I even forgot that. And I just rewatched it. I just remembered only when you mentioned it. <laughs> That's how uh, dialed in I was when I was watching Thor, Thor of the Dark World. Yeah. Because Idris Elba as, as Heimdall, very underused, unfortunately. I agree. I thought he could have, um, they could have expanded his role. I felt like he could have been more, I guess, important. I, I think they kind of made up for it a little bit. When they were showing the uh, Asgard stuff in Ragnarok, uh, they gave him a little bit more stuff to do because he was basically like a rebel. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he was. I thought he was. I guess out of the three, just by default, uh, that was his best role in any of in all the three Thor films so far. Uh, did you notice the recast of one of 
Thor's friends? I did. Uh, <laughs> basically, they they recasted. Uh, I forget Hogan. Hogan. I don't remember the original yeah, the, guy. The, yeah. Well, anyway, they recasted whatever character uh, as Shazam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Zachary uh, Levi. Zachary Levi. Yeah. Dude, that's pretty funny. Uh, I actually had to look at the IMDb. I was like, oh, shit, I thought you yeah, wouldn't man. notice. <laughs> oh, no, I noticed. <laughs> It was pretty funny. Well, the moments that uh, I wanted to highlight uh, first, oh, we'll start off on the serious note. I, I did like Loki's performance, um, especially after Frigga died. I just thought it was, you know, we're, we're so used to seeing him as the God of mischief. Uh, I just thought it was pretty cool to see like the other side of the coin where he, you know like especially when he was trying to do that projection when he was talking to thor in the cell and then he when he made it go away and he looks like totally messed up and just depressed and distraught over um you know obviously his adoptive mother getting killed and so i just thought that just kind of highlighted loki's i kind of like his versatility as a um you know, as a character and uh, Tom Hiddleston's versatility as an actor. I thought it was really good. Um, the other, I guess, moment, I, I I just love that moment where, you know, Thor and Loki were just kind of going back and forth when they were going, uh, they were going to go through with their plan. And uh, when Loki was just kind of casting different v- versions of himself, you know, as a, a Asgard soldier, uh, and then eventually him impersonating captain america dude i was dying i remember in the theaters everyone was rolling (laughs) it's so good um i don't know if you heard this but did you did did you um did you hear about how they actually shot this Uh, i know tom hiddleston got to actually wear it uh the captain america suit right yeah exactly so what they did was they filmed um tom hiddleston in the Captain America suit and basically kind of going through the lines and stuff. And so what they did was then they showed Chris Evans that footage. And then so basically Chris Evans is doing an impersonation of Loki doing an impersonation of him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's good, man. That was a good moment. Did not expect that. Yeah, that was definitely my favorite uh, part of um, the movie. Even you know, even just coming out of the movie theater uh, seven years ago. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention, you know, when, because we're, we're probably going to talk about this later uh, when we talk about callbacks, but I was cracking up so hard when Loki was dying or dying. <laughs> <laughs> so was I. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, um, it's like, oh, I didn't do this for him <laughs> or something <laughs> <laughs> for Odin and all that stuff. I'm like, <laughs> I was cracking up because, you know, the scene in uh, Thor Ragnarok. But uh, I'll save that for a little bit later, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But I was, I had to mention it now because that was clearly like one of the best things to go back and, and watch. <laughs> <laughs> the one with dying. the bendy horns. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking Matt Damon, dude. Uh, and uh. Luke Hemsworth as Thor. Oh, that was so good. That's no. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, and did you did you know that was uh, Sam Neill playing Odin? Oh shoot! No, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, uh, when we go uh, into Thor Ragnarok, you'll see that Sam yeah. Neill playing Odin. Oh, that's funny. 
but yeah, let's go into the Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Did you have some best moments there? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, well, the first one I wanted to highlight was that whole freeway ambush scene. I felt like that entire action sequence was, I think, arguably top 10 of all time. Like, Ooh, I think ever, time. not even like for me, I think it's top 10 all time. And obviously we'd have to go list by list and movie by movie, but it's definitely up there because it had stunts. It had guns. It had explosions. It had fight choreography. And then it later had the Bucky reveal uh, for, you know, the audience as well as for Steve. And so, Oh man, I was so exhausted when uh, that scene finally ended, and it was just like, "Oh my goodness, this is so good." Um, the other uh, moment that I wanted to highlight for uh, the Winter Soldier was uh, kind of like I just wanted to give a little bit of love to Natasha because I feel like she was the best wingman in this film. She basically spent half the movie trying to set Steve <laughs> up on a date. <laughs> and, and I just thought it was pretty funny. Like their whole like dynamic was so it was so cool. Um, she always had Steve's back, um, even though, you know, sometimes she had like a different mission. Uh, but in the end, like she was always going to be looking out for her friend. I just love their whole like dynamic, uh, you know, with Steve and Natasha. And so definitely wanted to highlight Natasha. Best wingman of all time. Yeah, definitely one of the highlights of that movie was the joke when she kicks off um, Sitwell off the building, Agent Sitwell off the building, and, you know, Falcon's catching him. But while they're while Steve and Natasha are up on the building, it's like, oh, what about the girl in whatever? It's like with the lip piercing. It's like, huh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> Such a throwaway line, but so funny. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, definitely Natasha was like highlight of the winter soldier for sure. Yeah, I agree. Uh, how about you? What were your uh, best moments of the winter soldier? Uh, for me, it had to be one of them had to be the Lumerian star opening sequence with the boat Dude. because that it just showed right off the bat. It says, this is captain America guys. This is, this is the badass captain America right here. It's like, Whoa, all the, like that, that kick when he kicks the guy off the boat, just, goes flying i was like dang is this the same captain america that was super nerfed and super weak in the avengers avengers yeah freaking joss beaten i know and the russo brothers totally like like brought it up a notch he can like take down anybody took down like uh not well he took down helicarriers but um a quinjet Yep, by himself. But I thought just that opening sequence was the perfect way to set up this movie. Just right off the bat, this is like this is the Captain America that we're dealing with now. He's this like skilled, and this is the tone that we're going for. All in that one scene. I know. Like I like how they were they were asking in the very beginning. It's like, did he have a parachute? Nope. <laughs> it's like nope. <laughs> Compared to the Avengers, when he has to like strap on a parachute to go get Thor and Iron Man. <laughs> it's like, man, this guy is weak. <laughs> uh, my second uh, best moment that I wanted to highlight was the Steve and Peggy scene. Mm. Steve and old Peggy. When I first saw this scene in the movie theaters, I have to admit, I, I teared up a little bit <laughs> because one, you know, 
just the fact that he's able to re- reunite with her once again. But then it it punches you in the stomach another time when she doesn't when she doesn't remember him in the same scene. I know he, he, she had that dementia thing going on, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh man!" And really, she was the only one that really liked Skinny Steve. Exactly, man. And yeah, when she didn't remember, and then he's like, "Oh, yeah," it's like I guess I have to talk her through this again. It's like it broke my heart, man. I was dying. Oh man, I know. So sad. Ah, uh, well, enough of the the waterworks. Let's talk about some some serious topics. Uh, let's talk about Iron Man three a little bit. One of the controversial things of this movie is the Mandarin twist. So, how did you feel about the Mandarin twist uh, when you first watched it? Actually, oh man. Well, one word: conflicted, because. On one hand, I thought it was actually pretty funny um, just because, I mean, you got a named actor like, uh, wait, what was his name again? Jeez. <laughs> ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley. Yeah. He's the, <laughs> yeah, named actor. Uh, he's he's <laughs> yeah, historical, you know, Ben Hurry. You know what I mean? I, I just couldn't remember his name. Just I had a brain fart just now. Uh, but I mean, I just thought it was. I thought it was hilarious when, you know, he had this like weird British accent thing on when he was uh, revealed to be. Uh, man, what was his name in um, Trevor? Tre- yeah, Trevor Slattery. Mm-hmm. And so, but then on the other hand, I felt like they wasted the first hour plus, like an hour and 15 minutes, just establishing this badass villain. Because I didn't really know like the Mandarin, you know, in terms of like who he should have been um, when I was watching this like the first time. But I just felt like they just wasted that with this whole bait and switch thing. Um, and so, eh, still conflicted. Oh, man. Well, when I first saw it, I was super disappointed because mm. I was really looking forward to the Mandarin. I didn't have I don't have too much comic background on the Mandarin, but I know how powerful the Mandarin should be. Uh, and for him to just be an actor. And like you said, there was so much buildup to be this great villain. And they did a really good job. I was genuinely scared of this guy. And for it to him just to be an actor, I was very disappointed. And coming out of the movie, I was like, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a it's a huge thing not to like. I I could see how it can ruin a lot of people's like it, it just leaves a like a bitter taste in your mouth, right? Mm-hmm. But over time for me, it got a little bit better. But how about for you? Uh, for me, I mean, nothing really has changed. I mean, the only thing that really has changed for me is uh, just the knowledge that, you know, the rumors are basically swirling that the actual Mandarin might be actually coming uh, or, you know, might be introduced in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And so for me, just watching this latest rewatch, it just kind of got me pumped a little bit. But Really hasn't really changed that much. I just felt like uh, still conflicted, still funny, but still I felt felt like a waste. Yeah, n- knowing that it's coming now, I think makes it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes you kind of pay attention to Aldrich Killian a little bit more. Um, try to take him a little bit more seriously as the main villain in retrospect. So it, it got a little bit better for me, uh, but didn't. Co- 
it, it was definitely one of the major gut punches that didn't set, sit well with me, but it got a little bit better over time. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that it probably kind of hurt your overall ranking uh, it, a little bit more than me, but we'll obviously we'll obviously see that uh, when we do rank our uh, MCU movies. So a little teaser there. Yeah, for sure. I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll definitely see. I'm looking forward to that. Your your ranking. Uh, but our next topic that I want to talk about was our favorite callback scenes because the these three films were called back in future MCU episodes or MCU movies, I should say. They're basically like episodes. Uh, but there were some callbacks in this movie or from these three films. So, what was your favorite callback from these three movies? Dude, there were so many. Um, I, I you know what, like. So all the podcast audience out there, we actually thought of this uh, this topic really last minute, only because when I was rewatching it, I was like, "Dude, there were so many callbacks. We have to talk. We have to address at least one each." So, uh, the one for me, my favorite callback scene uh, across all three films. I mean, dude, we named a weekly reel award after it. It's the "Does anyone want to get out?" award uh, for favorite action scene, and you know, in the Winter Soldier, it was definitely one of my favorite scenes, that whole elevator fight or whatever. But uh, when it was featured again in Avengers Endgame, the whole, like, all the similarities where he's just in a, a crowded elevator, a bunch of Hydra agents, and he's just, you know, you think he's about to, like, throw down again, just like in the Winter Soldier, but then he just leans in and just says, Hail Hydra. And I was like, dude, that was so perfect. Dude, the reaction in the theater that I was watching, especially opening night, was so epic. It was so good. <laughs> How dude, about you, man? <laughs> definitely a good one. He definitely used like a cheat code right there. That's basically like a cheat code got out of it real quick. Uh, for me, it has to be like all of Thor Dark World, you know, when they mention his mom and Frigga and all that stuff. No, I'm just kidding. No, I have the same thing as you. <laughs> 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 uh yeah I have the same exact thing the hydra hail hydra elevator scene end game i'm sure there were um because i know harley keener he shows up at tony's uh tony's funeral i was like who is that kid standing in the funeral i'm like who who is that kid i'd like want to be spider-man or something but no it was um it was harley i did not recognize him because he was taller <laughs> Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, and when when they were just when I was reading a bunch of like stuff after watching Endgame, I was like, oh, did you notice this one really tall, lanky kid in the back? And I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> I have to rewatch it again because <laughs> they linger on him for a little bit, for they a do. little long on that Endgame scene. So yeah, I had the same same favorite callback scene as you. Yeah, it's too good. It's too good not to bring up and highlight. Okay, this week's audience question I wanted to ask all the listeners. What is your worst MCU movie? What is the worst MCU movie? Uh, well, you know, you have to listen to our ranking a little bit later on to figure out what's our worst MCU movie. But let us know. Uh, we'll definitely put up, I think our poll is going to be on, on this topic. But let us know either on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Uh, at weekly real and you can also email us at what's our email again <laughs> you still don't remember huh <laughs> you, you got it though <laughs> uh, you know what only because i have it 
well, memorize, I do, but I also have it in my notes. It's weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. All right, you heard it there. So shoot us your answers at our email or on our social media. Well, Ken, uh, let's take a quick break and we'll continue in a bit. Okay, welcome back to the second half of the podcast. We talked about some of our best moments of three of these films. Let's talk about some worst, our worst moments of these films. Let's start off, let's start off with Iron Man 3, and I'll go first, Ken. There, there actually I have two, but... Oh. <laughs> Cheater? I, 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 want, I wanted to make sure... <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> just in case, you know, we matched, there mm-hmm. was the moment of... I am the Mandarin. Did you have that? <laughs> I did it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that moment where Aldrich Killian was like, I am the Mandarin. I'm like, bro, you could have just stayed just Killian because you're not the Mandarin. Yeah. Well, isn't Aldrich Killian an actual like comic book character? Like a yeah. villain? There's actually a, um, a villain or character, at least, in the comics. That so is the, the Mandarin. That isn't the Mandarin, right? Yeah. So I don't know why they did that. They probably saw like from test screens that it's like, oh shoot, they don't, they don't like Trevor as the Mandarin. <laughs> Let's throw in this one line by Aldrich Killian so he's a little bit better. It's like it didn't fix it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess I do have a second one, but I don't want to step on yours, so I'll mention mine. So. Uh, after yours so ken what's uh okay what's your worst one just in case i accidentally take yours (laughs) that's all right well i mean for me uh it was all of the maya hansen scenes after her first scene it basically ever since she you know whenever she just showed up at tony's starting there and the rest of the film i didn't care for her character i actually liked her character in the beginning um, when they did that whole flashback in uh, Bern, Switzerland, because uh, you know I actually liked her in uh, the town. You know, I, I like her as a as a, a, an actress, but I don't know. I was just very confused by her motives. I mean, I was just thinking, like, especially even on this latest rewatch, I was like, well, was she there to help Tony and Pepper? Like when she appeared in, in the house out of nowhere, uh, was she there to lure them into a trap for Killian? You know, like when when she was talking to to pepper and you know kind of you know gaining her trust and then all of a sudden like they break in or whatever and kidnap her i'm like what mm-hmm. the heck and then well did she have her own motives was she trying to do stuff and then and then she gets killed so i i don't know i was just very conflicted with the uh the motives of Maya Hansen so i didn't really like or care for any of her scenes yeah is that what you were going to say no that's not what i was going to say but okay. i do agree though thinking about it i'm like uh yeah her character was was just off and then so when they killed her i'm like all right okay i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, you know i felt like you kill someone it should feel a little bit like you know you should feel it one way or the other you know celebrate or feel sad about it but i was just like eh, okay she's gone yeah because i remember she's like slightly crawling a little bit and then just like flops over and i was like oh she's dead mm-hmm. shoot Cause like you didn't believe for like a second that she was going to like replace pepper or or anything like that. 
So when she died, it's like, oh, okay. Uh, my my honorable mention though would be taking out the shrapnel at the end of Iron Man three. I did not. I actually don't like that because Ooh. it's such like a symbolic type thing that there's this thing or because that's shrapnel from weapons that you know he created before and that's what is basically about to kill him and the arc reactor is what stops it from entering his heart right so for it to just be easily taken out somehow magically by the end of this movie in uh in a surgery i was like what so this whole time he could have had it taken out <laughs> like that i didn't like that well i th- i don't know correct me if i'm wrong but the doctor who did that surgery was the same doctor that was introduced to him in burn switzerland that asian doctor or whatever i think i think they were trying they were expecting us to remember him from the beginning of the film but i think it flew a lot of over a lot of people's heads (laughs) so i don't know if they were trying to bring that whole like full circle with Mm -hmm. um you know that callback or that flashback i mean so i don't know i'm trying to rationalize it but yeah i agree with you yeah symbolically i just i don't like it because it's like it should be the thing that almost kills him every day should be like the thing that he was before pretty much Mm. uh and that arc reactor almost like symbolizes the new him I think is something that I kind of miss, especially going uh, forward in the MCU. So it kind of sucks that they ended the the story of the arc reactor with Iron Man three, I guess, especially since I think at that point we didn't know if Iron Man was ever going to come back even for an Avengers movie. So. Oh yeah, that that is right. I forgot about that. So they, I feel like they wanted to kind of, kind of close that uh, storyline but leave it just open enough where in case they wanted to have him appear in future films. And obviously he did. Yeah. It's like, Oh, how is he going to suit up? He just does. <laughs> so, um, what was your worst moment of Thor of the dark world? I know it's hard, but I know you can do it. <laughs> I will say this the whole movie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? Uh, before I get into my worst moment, I wanted to kind of go off on a little bit of a tangent. Uh, I think I, I mentioned this to to Jeremy uh, this past weekend uh, when we were kind of talking about this podcast episode. I was like, dude, I got a story that I got to share on the podcast. And so this is what I'm going to actually do. It's uh, related to Thor to the Dark World. Um, anyway, um, earlier this year, um, I think even before the pandemic, uh, I was actually having trouble, um, like getting good sleep. I, I, you know, I had a little, a little insomnia and I could not get a good night's rest and I would always just stay awake, uh, in odd, you know, during like in the middle of the night, basically I would just be up and I couldn't get really good sleep anyway. Um, there was this one night, um, where it was already kind of, it was sort of late, but I was still really wide awake. And one night I was just like, well, I need to do something about it. You know what? I'm going to rewatch Thor The Dark World. Because <laughs> if if there's ever a movie that'll knock me out, it'll be this movie. And uh, I am proud to say that I think it actually cured my insomnia. Because after that, I was starting to sleep pretty well. And I knocked out probably halfway through the movie. I was actually surprised that I got through half the movie. 
uh, on pur- watching it on purpose. <laughs> I thought you'd like that story. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Dude, Thor the Dark World, the cure for insomnia. Anyway, <laughs> here's my real answer. Um, I just didn't like Malekith, the, uh, the, the main villain. I really just didn't care for him. Uh, he actually reminded me, and we mentioned Smallville earlier in this episode. He just reminded me of, remember in season one where they would have Smallville's Freak of the Week? Mm-hmm. I just felt like he was basically like that. I mean, he just looked like a bad guy, but nothing more. He didn't really care. And I, you knew he was going to like die at the end. So Yeah, he was a filler episode villain. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, I agree. The Dark Elves were not very interesting. For me, though, it would have to be the worst moment for me. I guess one of the worst moments would have to be Loki replacing Odin at the end. I didn't like that we had another fake out with, with Loki. I like when he died, I'm like, oh, Loki died. And then obviously he was alive again by the end of the movie. Uh, I didn't. Yeah, I just didn't like that because it, it, I felt like it robbed him from his death. And when they were actually like working together for once and fighting together on that, I, I don't even remember what they were, honestly. <laughs> um, when they're fighting together, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is cool. They're finally working together. And then he dies. I'm like, OK, I guess it's fine. And then he comes back. And so I I feel like they should have picked one or the other. It's like, have him just stay alive or actually die. Yeah. But if he didn't have that scene where he fake dies or whatever, you wouldn't have the Thor Ragnarok scene. (laughs) That's true. That's true. That one scene in Thor Ragnarok. Dude, I was cracking up during the rewatch for Thor The Dark World. Oh, man. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Uh, how about with um, with the Winter Soldier? I, I, for me, this was a little bit hard, honestly, because <laughs> it, it's one of my favorite movies, uh, MCU movies, spoiler alert. Uh, but one thing really stood out watching it, and I, this is not even the movie's fault, honestly, because after watching Captain Marvel, uh, it's Nick Fury's eye patch reveal moment. Oh yeah, uh, I did not like that. <laughs> now rewatching the Winter Soldier, he's like, "You gotta keep both eyes open." And I'm like, <laughs> "Bro, you got scratched by a cat. That's that's what happened." A flurkin, a flurkin, <laughs> yeah. Flirkin. yeah. <laughs> so I did not like. I really wish that joke wasn't in, or that's not the reason why. From Captain Marvel, that's why he got those scars on his eye, or that's why he has a bad eye. yeah i guess it's more captain marvel's fault but (laughs) yeah but it does make sense though when he uh when he takes off the the eye patch or whatever and reveals the other eye you do see like claw marks from the it looks like a cat so it does make sense (laughs) i guess how about you uh okay so yeah i had a hard time trying to figure out uh a worse moment for uh the winter soldier but um, I guess this is something that I was trying to follow. Uh, I've been trying to follow actually on all of my rewatches. I probably seen the winter soldier, probably the most or probably up there close to the most of all the MCU movies. And I felt like some of the shield and Hydra plot was a little convoluted. Just every time I rewatch it out, like I'll try to 
um i try to follow it from like different perspectives or whatever and like try to listen to what they're trying to say but i feel like like whenever they try to explain the like the whole like plot or whatever i feel like it's it's confusing still even to this day and so like i guess this last rewatch i was just like okay anything that alexander pierce says is bullshit and uh and then anything that like nick fury says like he's trying to be a little covert or whatever so i was just trying to think of it from their perspective but just like kind of listening to the dialogue still is confusing as hell to me so i don't know i don't know if yeah it's very mission impossible (laughs) in a way yeah i agree with that but it it is such a good storyline when it connects into like agents of shield because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. actually started in 2013 when they were still S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so when Winter Soldier actually happens, because uh, it's part of the same universe at that point in time, um, it's pretty... That's when the show gets really good, honestly. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously they probably interweave the whole S.H.I.E.L.D. and Hydra stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, like, you get a whole season of that. Oh, wow. Wow. Hmm. I still need to re. I still need to watch um, Agents of Shield. I recommend it. I think it's a, a underrated show for sure. Mm. Uh, one of the cool things I have, I would have to say in the Winter Soldier, or I guess one of the fun things would be when Steve Rogers keeps that little journal with him uh, that he opens up to kind of take notes on what things he needs to catch up on in the modern day. Uh, so one fun little thing I want to ask you, Ken, was what would you recommend? for Steve to check out in present day. Uh, you know, it, it was funny uh, when you thought of this topic, I was like, Ooh, this is a good one. And it got to the point where I had to go to that part of the movie and then like pause and just kind of read what he had just to kind of get ideas. And I actually came up with three. So I came up with a movie like album and something completely random. So the movie or movies that I would suggest for Steve are the Godfather part one and part two, but not part three. Like, <laughs> and I would actually tell him, tell it to him like that. Uh, the album that I would suggest for him is Michael Jackson's thrill thriller album. Cause I feel like it's one of the most influential albums in the 20th century. And the last thing I would, um, I guess have, or recommend to Steve would be the foodie scene in, you know, places, especially like New York city. I mean, we were kind of talking about at the top of the, the, the podcast with uh, strictly dumpling. I'm like, dude, check out these food places. You won't be, you won't be disappointed. Dude, those are good ones. Cause immediately I thought, I thought food, I thought movies and I thought Arnold. <laughs> I'm like, all right, first things first, we got to watch all the Arnold movies, Steve. Let's do that first. You know, start off something easy. Let's go with the Terminator. There you, you know, go. You know, go Bob. with the 80s movie. <laughs> uh, I thought also Inception. I wanted to like blow his mind. I'm like, mm. let's go Inception. Because he's. I'm sure he hasn't seen this in the 40s. <laughs> Definitely and, not. And you know what? It would have been a um a, a quote unquote new movie because it came out in 2010 and he got thought out in 2012. Yeah, yeah 2012. Guess, yeah, 2012. If we're unless he was thought out when oh no, first 2011 came. Out. Yeah, 2011. Sorry about that. Yeah, 2011. You're right. Yeah, and either, then after he watches Inception, he can 
eat some a good bowl of ramen. So oh. I feel like he hasn't eaten ramen before. Definitely would thaw him out even more. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, man. Uh, the next topic I want to talk about was the best Stan Lee cameo uh, from the from these three movies. So what was your favorite Stan Lee cameo? You know, actually, I was looking at my notes from um, the previous MCU episode that we had, and I just thought it was pretty funny that the one that I picked it was another Thor one. <laughs> so the Thor cameo that I picked was when uh, Eric Selvig is trying to um, explain I guess in a mental institution or something like a home. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. And he was trying to explain how the nine realms uh, and the convergence basically works and everything. He's using like two shoes as props. And then Stan Lee, um, you know, he plays his cameo as a patient and he's like, uh, can I have my shoe back? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one, man. I yeah, almost chose like that good. one. Yeah. I, um, I don't know. I, I forgot about that because, you know, obviously Thor to the Dark World, not too memorable. But when he said that, I cracked up. So definitely an easy choice for me. Yeah, I forgot about that one. But for me, I chose the one from the Winter Soldier, uh, as, him as the security guard. It's like, oh, man, I'm so fired. <laughs> <laughs> and that's in, in a way, he's telling the truth because, man, he's he is really fired. That's messed up with Steve. He better he better put something back. <laughs> I know he should uh, do the whole uh, the Incredibles thing where he kind of like if there's like holes or whatever, he needs someone to kind of uh, knit it or whatever so that it looks a little bit clean. You know, put in the uh, put it in the washer and the dryer, clean it up and put it back on there on the mannequin. Yeah, because that's messed up with Steve. If he doesn't at least, you know, go back and try to get that uh, Stan Lee's job back. <laughs> I know at least vouch for him for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but there were some non Stan Lee cameos. Did you want to mention some of your favorites? Well, the first one that I thought of easily from Iron Man 3, Jensen, arguably the most underrated character across the MCU. And so that was definitely my winner and my favorite um, non Stan Lee cameo. Uh, how about how about you? Uh, for me, I would have to say. Um, there's this guard in Captain America, the winter soldier. It's he's played by Daniel Pudi who plays Abed in the show community. And the show community is also directed by like the Russo brothers or yeah. they directed many of the episodes in there. And so for, for him to make a cameo, basically almost like the same type of character in the winter soldier, I thought was, was a really cool cameo and a lot like other community students uh appear in future mcu um mcu movies that are directed by the russo brothers so the, i'll definitely mention those when we get to them yeah you know what i actually did have a couple of honorable mentions and i think you'll well i think you'll find these entertaining the other one of the honorable mentions was uh i thought it was pretty cool it was uh gary sinise's voice in um the winter soldier when uh, Captain America is kind of walking through the Smithsonian, you know, the the Captain America exhibit. Mm -hmm. He's actually the voice that no you would overhear. Yeah. If you kind of listen to like the like the voiceover, you know, it's like, oh, and then you're talking about you know, he's kind of going through each of the exhibits. Bucky, best friend still, you know, like since like whatever. Um, 
That's Gary Gary Sinise's uh, voice. Dude, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you rewatch it again, you're you're gonna pay attention. It's actually pretty cool. Uh, the last one is actually a fun one, just for our weekly real podcast uh, audience. Um, my second honorable mention for uh, my favorite non Stanley cameo was Happy Hogan's mullet. <laughs> Heck, we <laughs> heck we named a uh, entire award after that mullet, and uh, I just thought it was pretty funny. It's funny how he looks so different from Iron Man three compared because you know, or the beginning of Iron Man three, nineteen ninety nine, and then how he looks in two thousand eight, so different. I <laughs> know, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, you know, it's funny because we did have our Pulp Fiction episode uh, not too long ago. I read actually that his uh the style for vincent was actually the the inspiration for happy hogan's like get up in 1999 i can see that <laughs> for sure oh, so man. funny oh dude the next thing i wanted to talk about is actually the because there's a bunch of fake deaths in the mcu and there's for sure some in these three movies so what was your favorite fake death of these three movies easily easily loki's fake death scene because <laughs> i cannot unsee the portrayal of that same scene in ragnarok i can't unsee it especially when thor goes oh <laughs> that just reminds me of luke Hemsworth, and that freaking matt damon and his is like oh my goodness his his lines were so funny talking about the helmet with the bendy horns <laughs> Oh man, so yeah, that was uh, that's the only reason why I didn't bring it up in one of my favorite parts of best moments of of Thor the Dark World, just because I wanted to save it for this. (laughs) Oh man, that yeah, I can't look at that scene any different now, but it's still good. (laughs) I think arguably, arguably, it makes it better. (laughs) It does. It's funny when they parody themselves and, and they do it so so well. The fact that they got named actors, I, I you mentioned Sam Neill. I didn't even know that that was him, but Matt Damon, Luke Hemsworth, and Sam Neill. Wow, what a yeah. cast! <laughs> yeah, for, for his small play. <laughs> uh, my favorite fake death was uh, Nick Fury's mm. because just the way he got shot, just through like through the chest with like a sniper rifle. It sounded like like. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Boom. Oh. That scares me every time I watch the movie. It's like a huge jump scare. Uh, yeah, I, I would have to say it's Nick Fury, but obviously he comes back later on and kind of defers his leadership to Steve, which is pretty cool too. Yeah, I, I thought it uh, set up like the rest of the, um, especially the team-up movies uh, that uh, that Steve Rogers is in. Um, and so, but yeah, I, I, I got scared. I remember watching it in the movie theater. I was just like, Whoa, dude, that came out of nowhere. Especially, I think we watched it in, uh, IMAX because that's the reason why we watched it in, uh, AMC Mercado was because you wanted to watch it. And yeah, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. That'll definitely kick you out of your seat really, really quick. The next topic I want to talk about is the most underrated character from these three films. Ken, do you have a most underrated character? Yeah, definitely. Um, it is Fury, Nicholas J. <laughs> oh, really? Me too. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, here, let me get into my reasons. And 
I don't know if you agree with these, but I just felt like this whole movie, he didn't trust anyone. He told Cap, don't trust anyone. I mean, and you know, you know why? Because the last time he trusted someone, he lost an eye. <laughs> that was my horrible, like Samuel L. Jackson. But yeah, uh, that was definitely my, I guess, favorite underrated character across all three films. Uh, why was he yours? I think because this was the first time I actually saw him as like a true badass. And you actually got to see more of his, you know, covert personality and all like the lies that he tells because the all the other appearances you know besides the cameos uh his first like actual appearance was the avengers right and in that he was kind of just guarding the or flying the helicarrier for most of that and kind of vouching for the avengers initiative so this was like the first time we actually saw him out in the field doing that nick just the 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 agent stuff and just for him like what arguably one of the best act there's so many action sequences in the winter soldier, but one of them is his action sequence. Like there's not even captain America where he's driving down the highway and he's getting attacked by all these, like uh, these police officers that are trying to like kill him and the winter soldier that's going after him. And that scene doesn't even have captain America in it. And he's able to carry that whole scene. And I wouldn't like, I didn't even think about it. I'm like, Oh, that was all Nick Fury. And it was so good. I know. And it even had that one, uh, one line with the, uh, well, what is not, <laughs> what's not, uh, not functional or whatever. It's like air conditioning is fully functional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That Nick Fury was definitely underrated. And I'm in a way uh, later on, I feel like his character has been, under underutilized mm-hmm. especially after the winter soldier but i've i've heard i have to do more research on this that he might be getting his own show yeah i saw that i saw that so we'll definitely see if that comes to if that's confirmed or not yeah for sure i did want to highlight a couple of other underrated characters since you know we just gave the same one um i it was actually between uh nick fury but uh and uh oh my goodness i'm blanking natasha um i almost said natasha here i that's why i kind of mentioned her in, in the best some of the best moments in winter soldier i just thought she carried and kind of stole some of the scenes that she was in um also i wanted to give some love for harley keener because i thought he was actually um pretty entertaining as a, a kid actor i mean i went into that earlier but i thought he was actually he pulled his own weight in iron man 3 so i felt like he was definitely instrumental in that film as well when i was re-watching thor the dark world is it just me or lady sif had better chemistry with thor than jane foster <laughs> and she was like in like two scenes with thor yeah i did too and uh, even even um odin actually was basically telling him the same thing it's like uh you have someone right in front of you that likes you <laughs> it's like come on man it's like we can see it and the chemistry is not there between him and jane but they keep they just keep pushing it let's keep forcing it but we'll see in uh thor four yeah thor love and thunder we'll definitely keep we'll definitely watch that when that comes out i'm curious to see if uh because obviously Nat- Natalie Portman's coming back. I wonder if they would bring back Lady Sif as well. 
Mm, I kind of hope they do because um, it would have been nice seeing her at least at least once in Ragnarok because um, they basically killed off the other Warriors three. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's good that she didn't appear in Ragnarok then because yeah. they probably would have killed her off. That's true. That's very true. Well, the next segment that I want to that we're going to do is our guess the Rotten Tomato score, our favorite game here on the Weekly Real podcast. I am winning eight to six. So for now, for now, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, three points on the line. Literally, if you win all three of these, you you would be in the lead. So uh, for everyone that doesn't know, we do come up we do come up with our uh, our guesses beforehand. So and we try not to like look them up or anything or cheat. So we have them all pre prepared, and so we're gonna look them up uh, pretty soon. So the first movie that we wanted to guess the score is for Iron Man 3. Uh, My guess for Iron Man 3 would be 80%. Ooh, you went on the low end. Um, I am guessing 86 because I keep going too low. I've been been guessing too low lately, so I'm going to go a little higher than normal. Because I actually, my first initial guess was like 83, 84 I was like, oh, I'm going to add the Rotten Tomatoes couple points. So 86 for me. <laughs> okay, 86 for Ken, 80 for me. Let me look it up right now. Iron Man 3 gets a 79%. No! <laughs> <laughs> Dang! I almost got it uh, spot on there. That was pretty good. Oh, man, yeah. so it's 9 to 6. Nine to six right now because the audience score is 78. So it's pretty much the same. I could see that. Okay. For Thor the Dark World, I'm guessing 63%. <laughs> Again, I was thinking low also, the low end. I was like, and then I added more Rotten Tomatoes uh, score. I actually, I'm guessing 67. Ooh, this, is a, this might be a good one. Let me see. Or Dark World is a oh sixty six percent oh finally <laughs> so it's nine to seven now dude oh. their audience score is seventy six percent what uh, obvious <laughs> fanboys <laughs> or lady uh, fans of Chris Hemsworth that's because there were some gratuitous like topless shots of uh, of Chris Hemsworth. Well, they have that in all the Thor movies. That's so. very that's very <laughs> true. <laughs> all right. Captain America, the Winter Soldier, nine I'm getting I'm gonna guess 91%. Oh my goodness, we're so close. I'm guessing 92. All right, here we go. This might be one of those where it has to be like exact to win. I think so too. Captain America. The Winter Soldier is a Ninety percent on Ryan. Oh, are you kidding me? (laughs) Shoot, that was a freaking pinch right there. Oh my goodness! Guess what the audience score is though? Ninety-two (laughs) percent. So you had you were on the money on the audience score. Damn, but still, not for this game though. So I'm currently winning 11 to 7. 
right? Ten, ten to seven. Ten to seven. Sorry, Ken. <laughs> ten <Dude>. to seven. <laughs> <laughs> that might be next week, though. The way the way we're going. <laughs> All right, ten to seven. Got to remember that. Yeah. Definitely one of my favorite parts. Just guessing. You know, it's just for fun. It's not like we're playing for money or anything like that. Or are we? No, I'm just kidding. Or are we? <laughs> if you want to play for money, email it. I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> Let's rank some of these movies, Ken. One of my favorite parts of talking about these MCU movies. So we're going to rank them from worst to first. So, Ken, you want to go first? Yeah, definitely. So, um, well, this is our, uh, we have nine movies now. So at nine, Actually, it's actually closer. So, you know, when I when I try to rank these before, the the gap between uh Thor the Dark World, that's my ninth ranked movie, and the next highest and I guess in my list now is uh The Incredible Hulk. The gap was actually per, uh big, pretty big actually cuz I thought Thor the Dark World was horrible, but Ragnarok and Endgame actually kind of pulled it close. I almost, almost ranked Thor The Dark World above The Incredible Hulk, but I couldn't do it in good faith because I did actually feel like The Incredible Hulk was actually pretty decent. So Thor The Dark World, ninth. Uh, the Incredible Hulk, eighth. Iron Man 2, seventh. Thor, sixth. Captain America, the first Avenger, fifth. Uh, Iron Man 3, 4th, The Avengers 3rd, Iron Man 2, and Captain America The Winter Soldier 1. I almost thought you said Iron Man 2 <laughs> was your oh, number sorry. 2. Because <laughs> you said Iron Man 2. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, sorry. second place was Iron Rank Man. number 2 <laughs> was Iron Man, <laughs> the original. Yeah, shoot. You scared me for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I no hot takes here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. This might surprise you, Ken, but number nine is the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> well, I could see that. Yeah, I could. I that see that was my conflict a little bit. Yep. This might even surprise you even more. Number eight, Thor. Whoa. The first Thor. <laughs> Whoa. Third, Thor the first Thor. Then we got number seven, Thor the Dark World. Okay. Okay, so let me explain myself real quick. Because <laughs> I know that's, that's the big discrepancy right there. I actually thought Thor the Dark World wasn't, wasn't as bad as I remembered. It's still a meh movie. But it was, like when I was trying to think of worst moments, I was like, I can't really think of any. Besides like some of like the Darcy stuff and her intern. Um, and then, but then also when I thought, where's some best moments, I couldn't really think of any either. So it's like very middle of the road. I actually thought it looked better. I actually thought some of the action sequences were better than the first Thor. Um, and maybe it's, maybe I, I didn't really like the whole like earth stuff, especially in the first Thor. I think that's probably why it's, it's not a strong ranking though, right there. Uh, I think mainly because with the Incredible Hulk, uh, I just I, I I like Thor better than the Hulk, so that's probably why I put Hulk at the bottom. So that's kind of like my reasoning. But I definitely see that. 
Yeah. So for my number, I lost count. Nine, eight, seven. Okay, number six <laughs> is Iron Man 2. Okay. And then no- number five, Iron Man 3. Okay. Number four, The Avengers. Number three, Captain America, the first Avenger. Number two, Iron Man. And number one, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Wow. Yeah, there's some similarities. But I think based off of what we're talking about in, I guess, our second MCU movie, that's where it kind of diverged there. And I I kind of expected it here based off of that old rank, that uh, second ranking, I should say. Yeah, this it's definitely going to get harder from here for sure. It just keeps getting harder as we talk about more movies. It definitely will. I mean, because like the next MCU movie, I think there's there's going to be some. It's it's muddled in the middle. What's our what's the next three movies actually? We're actually going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One, uh, the Avengers: Age of Ultron and uh ant-man the first one so that'll be next month shoot that's pretty crazy because i do like ant-man but it's not the best age of ultron could be controversial and guardians it's it's a good one for sure so i i don't know where to put that in the higher higher rankings but we'll definitely go into that when we talk about it next month yeah i mean and i think i alluded to it in in past episodes it gets harder once we start hitting Marvel's phase three, because there's a lot of quality movies and it will definitely change depending on what your mood will be. I'm telling you, it's going to, it's going to be a kind of, of a free flowing ranking uh, moving forward. So it's only going to get more difficult. All right. Definitely looking forward to rewatching those later on next month. And we'll definitely make an episode on, part four but for now you know we're we're coming to the end of our uh part three of our mcu rewatch but next week we're gonna actually be watching a different movie uh what are we watching next week ken well jeremy for next week we're actually going to be celebrating i mean it is halloween after all so next week we are checking into the bates motel to talk about one of the greatest horror films of all time in Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Amazingly, we both have not seen this masterpiece, uh, but I know that's changing next week. And so, Jeremy, are you pumped about this? I'm pretty pumped. I, I wouldn't call it a masterpiece until we a- we've actually seen it. Who knows? We might not like it, but I've heard good things about the movie, so I'm I'm excited. Yeah, well, it's it's widely regarded as one of the best of um, horror films of all time because it is Hitchcock. And um, I'm curious to see uh, if I mean, this movie was made in 1960. So that's what, 60 years ago. <laughs> that's so, crazy. I know it's pretty crazy. So this is going to be I mean, we're all, this will be our uh, 13th episode, uh, our psycho episode. And so easily will be the oldest film that we will be uh, talking about. So I'm definitely looking forward to that whole, you know, just like the differences between uh, the way films were made in 1960 uh, versus how we're accustomed to watching films and consuming films in 2020. Yeah. And we definitely got to celebrate 
Halloween right with a classic movie like this. Yeah, especially one that we both haven't seen yet. Yeah, I don't think have we done that talked about a movie we both haven't seen before besides like Tenet. We have not. It was just Tenet, and uh, I know we've uh, watched a movie where we've both seen it. I mean, Mean Girls, uh, Dumb and Dumber, obviously, and then all the MCU movies. But uh, it was mainly one or the other. Either I've seen it or you've seen it. All right, because I know there's a lot of movies that we ha- we both have seen, but it's sometimes hard to find one that we both haven't seen. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to Psycho for sure. Definitely. Same here. Well, um, before we close out, let's uh, share some of our social media. You can follow me at Jeremy Pullen Barrett on YouTube. Search me up there. Subscribe. I'm definitely coming out with new movie reviews pretty soon. Uh, and look out for that. Uh, where can they find you, Ken? Well, on the internets, um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at FreeKenA. And then um, like all the links and all the information uh, for both me and Jeremy will be in our episode notes. All right, cool. I had really fun talking about these three movies. Surprisingly, I didn't. As much as I I hated on Thor The Dark World, it didn't end up at the bottom of my list. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, it's because it got revisited in, in future films like Ragnarok and and uh, Endgame. And I, I was tempted, but I couldn't in good faith um, adjust my ranking that much. So That's true. I don't blame you. I can see it for sure. <laughs> All right. Before we head out, you know, if, if anyone wants the password to our email, you can sh- set our email a little bit earlier, but it's War Machine Rocks with an X. <laughs> <laughs> Such an underrated uh, part. Dude, freaking Don Cheadle. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I hope to definitely talk about more more of these movies in the future. Because we will next month. All right, guys. We'll see you guys next time. On The Real. <laughs>